Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. The summer never ends on the range because the summer never began. Oh, wait, shit. Summer really is over. Even though it didn't happen. It's high noon for Tuesday, September 22nd, 2020. And yes, summer is now officially over. I don't remember having one, and you don't either, because summer was canceled. Memorial Day was canceled. Labor Day was canceled. Fourth of July was canceled. California has been canceled. They tried to cancel Halloween, didn't work. Oops. Guys, if you are listening regularly, please follow at I'm Your Moderator on Instagram and Twitter and share the show with your friends. Subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're on iTunes, please give the show a five-star rating and review it. That would be awesome. That stuff actually does help. And uh, it's getting late in the game. So it's time to uh, start turning some people on to another source of information beyond the CNN, Twitter, New York Times debacle. We have celebrities telling us that they were supporting the fire department. Now we have them telling us to vote. Uh, Instagram is telling us to register to vote. Foot Locker is now a voter registration center. And guess whether Rock the Vote is doing all these things? Yup, it is. Guess who told you weeks ago that LeBron's more than a vote initiative was just an outgrowth of Rock the Vote? Oh yeah, that was me. How did I know that? I looked on more than a vote site and went to their legal information and found that not only do they accept donations, even though there's no donate button on the whole site, but that they actually are legally part of Rock the Vote. And it says it on their site. You can look too. 
Like that didn't even take digging, guys. It just took a curious mind that would click and read one more page. This is all corruption. Michael Bloomberg is now spending $16 million paying off fees and tickets and whatever else for 32,000 Florida felons. Because, of course, if you don't want newly released felons to vote, even though they're not allowed to vote by the law, then you're racist. We have to say that Michael Bloomberg is doing a good thing. Right? I mean, what's better than having than releasing criminals and then paying off all their stuff so that they can vote for Joe Biden? I mean, what could be better? I wonder how many of those guys are being set up by Michael Bloomberg who are going to vote for Republicans. Guess. It's probably zero, huh? I mean, why would a man who has a clearly stated goal of getting rid of Donald Trump and who has spent more than half a billion dollars trying to do so, you think he's just doing this out of the goodness of his heart? Why would he? Why would his goal be anything other than what he says it is? Are we to believe that they don't have the capability to figure out which people will vote for them? Now, if it's legal, fine. Good for them. Open up the process to everyone. Have all the voting in person like we always have and always should. But don't tell me that there is a moral claim that it is right to be doing what they are doing because there isn't. It's preposterous. They're manipulating an election to their benefit. Fine. If Republicans can do the same, fine. You know, whatever. We'll have total corruption on both sides then. But the issue really is that it's corruption. Let's move on. I didn't even really intend to talk about that today, but I saw it when I woke up and it made me mad. And I don't like being mad when I first wake up. Um, but I want you guys to, uh, to keep an eye out for this. Um, Pennsylvania has delayed the date where they can still receive ballots if, as long as they are postmarked by Election Day. Wisconsin has now delayed theirs till November 9th. Pennsylvania is going to be like three days after. Um, so we already have multiple swing states. Remember that phrase because you're going to hear it in the news. I'm predicting that so that you can see if I'm right when it happens. And to know that the way that they manipulate and influence these situations is entirely predictable and it is not hidden and you can see it for yourself. So multiple key swing states, that's what they'll be saying. We don't have results from Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and we can't declare a winner of the election without those results. So that gives them a week longer to manipulate the election. Okay. And this will happen in Nevada, I'm sure where they're not even verifying signatures. This stuff is a disaster, guys. It's a disaster waiting to happen, and it's a disaster that is intentionally being inflicted upon us, okay? There is planning to this. There are reasons for this. 
And those reasons are not in the interest of legitimate elections. They are trying to delegitimize the election that they know they will lose. Okay. If they believed the polls, they wouldn't act this way. They don't believe the polls. Now, a friend of mine sent me an article this morning from last year, and I want to share some of that with you. Uh, It's written by Jason Chaffetz, who used to be a Republican congressman. It's on the Fox News website. The headline is Ballot Harvesting, California's Model to Steal 2020. This was written September 16th, 2019. Okay. The Heritage Foundation calls it the tool of choice for vote thieves. The convenient, innovative, and beloved mail-in ballot has been a source of contention due to its vulnerability to manipulation. During the 2018 midterms, Democrats in California and a Republican consultant in North Carolina used a process called ballot harvesting to collect mail-in ballots for voters. But there was a big difference between the two states, as I discuss in my new book, blah, blah, blah. In North Carolina, ballot harvesting is illegal. Congress refused to seat the winner of the 2018 midterm election between Republican Mark Harris and Democrat Dan McCready, and a special election was held this month to replace him. Though Republican Dan Bishop managed to win the heavily Republican district last week, the history of cheating by the previous candidate weighed heavily, making the race far closer than one might expect in a district with an R plus eight partisan lean. In California, by contrast, ballot harvesting was legalized by Democrats in the state legislature. They don't consider it cheating in that state. It was used to flip seven Republican seats to the Democratic column in 2018. Democrats have long dismissed claims that mail-in ballots are vulnerable to manipulation, pointing to what they call a dearth of voter fraud convictions. Nonetheless, they could hardly ignore the North Carolina race in which a Republican campaign operative illegally collecting ballots allegedly destroyed as many as a thousand ballots supporting the Democratic candidate. The process of ballot harvesting should be illegal for very good reason. It violates the chain of custody, exposing the ballot to potential manipulation by campaign operatives or nonprofit political groups. They could harass voters to turn in ballots, assist them in filling them out, and potentially lose ballots that don't support the candidate the ballot harvester is paid to help. The indication that ballot harvesting made the difference in California can be found in the vote proportions. Studies of absentee voters have consistently shown they tend to reflect the population or lean slightly to the right. But when ballot harvesting was deployed in California, we saw late ballot ballots break heavily for Democrats. Take, for example, the race between former Republican Rep. David Validow and Democrat T.J. Cox in California's rural 21st district. When polls closed, Validow led Cox by 6,000 votes or 8%. That margin was wide enough for media outlets to call the race for Validow. However, late ballots delivered by third-party groups broke so heavily for Cox that he ultimately eked out an 843-vote victory. The results after ballot harvesting were very different from the polling before the race and since. In a July 2019 NRCC survey, Cox was polling at just 36%, while 52% said they would support a potential Republican challenger. Validow has since filed for a rematch. 
The San Francisco Chronicle reported that elsewhere in the state, Orange County voters on election night in 2018 were calling the registrar's office asking if it was legitimate for someone to come to their door and ask if they could take their ballot. Who was coming to the door? According to a January 2019 Los Angeles Times story, illegal dreamers were deeply engaged in the process, not just delivering ballots, but helping voters fill them out. The Times reports on the experience of one dreamer, Gabriela Cruz, who found a voter smoking a cigarette on a tattered old couch behind a group home hours before Election Day. He politely tried to wave her off until she reminded him he had a right that she as an immigrant without citizenship didn't have. Half an hour later, she was helping the voter look up candidates as he filled out his ballot by the light of her phone. What are the implications of activists with an agenda helping voters look up candidates and fill out ballots? How many of those activists are willing to turn in a ballot that doesn't help their cause? Should we be exposing people's ballots to that kind of temptation? Election security is more than Russian hackers trying to change votes. We must secure the chain of custody of ballots, validate the identity of the voter, and maintain updated voter lists. Thus far, Democrats have shown no interest in any of that. Don't be cruel. Don't be fooled by cries for the Senate to pass so-called election security measures coming from the House. These measures are designed to enforce less secure voting processes on local communities, including the very vulnerable mail-in ballot. They are not about election security. They are about election manipulation in 2020. If we want to get serious about securing our elections, state and local lawmakers and election officials must crack down on the process on the practice of ballot harvesting. Otherwise, Democrats will use it to manipulate the results of 2020 elections. And there we go. That is the end of the article. Please go read it. Go share it. Because this is exactly what's happening. And take note of exactly where the illegal dreamer, right? The dreamers. We all love the dreamers because we're not racist. So we love the dreamers. Where did the, the dreamer find that voter? Oh, on a tattered couch behind a group home. That's interesting because California now has the most homeless people in the nation. I wonder if they are going to harvest ballots from homeless people. Take a guess. This stuff is unbelievable. It's immoral what they are doing. They are intentionally releasing thousands of prisoners. They are not helping the homeless. They keep talking about these housing projects that they're going to put them in. I don't know if I mentioned it yesterday. I don't think I did. But yesterday or maybe over the weekend, a new report came out about $105 million being spent on homeless housing and they're building 180 units, 180 units, 180, 105 million. That sounds to me like it's somewhere in the neighborhood of $600,000 per unit for homeless housing. What in the utter fuck is that about? You can build a luxury condo for that. You can buy entire towns for $105 million. 
This isn't about helping homeless people. This is graft and corruption. And they have 3,000 feet of retail space and parking at the building. Parking. Hmm. That's weird. 3,000 feet of of, uh, retail space. Is that a lot of retail space? No, it's not. Is it enough for two or three small shops? Maybe. Does that retail space exist specifically to skirt regulations? For sure. I really wanted to talk about the Emmys yesterday. Um, I didn't get to it, but briefly, God, what a pathetic display. God, what in the world is wrong with these fucking celebrities out here? You know, and I hate talking about this and harping on it, but it is so glaring what is happening. These people are enforcing state propaganda. They are communicating it to us. They are like kindergarten teachers for adults. It's crazy. And everything is so contrived and so fake. Tracy Ellis Ross gets a COVID test on camera. Oh, wow. So bold. Jesus. Jimmy Fallon stands there with Anthony Anderson as Anthony Anderson screams at him to say Black Lives Matter louder and so loud that Mike Pence can hear it. Ooh, wow. You're tickling all of my liberal senses. Oh, it feels so good. Oh, it feels so good. Tell me I'm right again. Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, God. So pathetic. Like, Jimmy Kimmel is not a man. How, how do you put yourself out there on your knees and just repeat propaganda? You have either been totally co-opted or you are the stupidest fucking person on earth. And it could be both because that's what most political celebrities are. Good God. And by the way, I would never want to see a black man being forced to say black lives matter either. No one should have to repeat political slogans in public as they're being commanded to. And no, it doesn't matter if it was a joke. First off, not funny. Did anyone laugh at that or find it amusing? It is so uncomfortable to watch. And of course, the Emmys hit another all-time low in viewership because why would anyone watch that? What about that pathetic display could people imagine is entertaining? Oh, my mask is worth more than you make in a month. That's good messaging, you fucking useful idiots. And that is what they are, by the way. Like one of the funniest things about this entire um, situation for me is that it is everything described in 1984 and a brave new world coming to pass in reality. And it is so in our face that we can't see it. 
and that we choose not to acknowledge it for what it is. And it's especially funny that people are so blind to this just years after screaming about how Donald Trump was ushering in an era of authoritarianism and racism and control. Oh, he's the threat to the First Amendment while Twitter and Instagram shut down actual speech. He's the threat to the First Amendment while California passes a law making it a misdemeanor to express dissent to the voting system to call fraud fraud is now a misdemeanor in California. Yep, you can look that up too. It ain't hard. If you don't find it on Google, try to find it on DuckDuckGo. It's true. Tech seized control. Academia seized control. Entertainment seizes control. Public health seizes control. Political parties seize control. Corporations seize control. Donald Trump, zero seized control throughout COVID and the manufactured race crisis. COVID is also somewhat a manufactured crisis. Again, racial issues exist. COVID exists. Neither of them are being properly represented. And that's the goddamn point. And so, you know, that Emmy show is supposed to kind of relay the message that they are making the best of a bad situation and going on with life as normal or as close to normal as possible. Right. And that's what you're supposed to take away. And I'm sure that some of the people involved in producing that thing really believe that that is one of the most ignorant things imaginable because what it does is make you forget about the fact that they are the ones keeping us in this situation. Okay. No one would be this scared of this bullshit without their total commitment to misleading us for the last six months. And honestly, like I don't want to impute bad faith, but they have to know better. And if they don't know better then they're the stupidest people on earth. All right. And like that really, really should matter. Because what they are doing is terribly, terribly destructive. And it's, of course, going to get worse. But, like, it deserves to be noted at every opportunity. Last night, um, well, yesterday, all yesterday, Biden was making uh, appearances, outside the basement appearances. Although they called a lid on his campaign before 9 a.m. today. Which means that Joe Biden will not be coming out of his basement anymore today at all. So like zero day for Joe Biden. And this happens almost every day. They announce a lid every morning. Okay. But so among Joe Biden's ridiculous appearances yesterday, one of them where he said that 200 million Americans had died from the coronavirus, which would be, you know, two thirds of the country almost. And of course he meant 200,000. And obviously we could forgive that on a normal basis, but he said it with such conviction. <laughs> So he must have read the teleprompter wrong. And uh, last night he was doing a an interview with uh, Univision. And he was answering a question. And so to answer the questions, he was looking to a teleprompter to the left of uh, the reporter. 
and he was reading the answers. And at one point he strained to see the answer and stopped talking. And then he uses his hand and goes, can you move that up? Like he needed the next line of his answer. And then you can, there are pictures of the interview room that actually show the teleprompter on a table next to the reporter. So the reporter knows that Biden is reading off a teleprompter, but pretending not to. The reporter actually tried to steer Biden back on course. And Biden obviously knows that he's reading off a teleprompter and pretending not to. And his campaign knows that and they lie about it. Okay. That's corruption. You guys would go absolutely batshit if Trump was doing that. But of course, no one believes Trump is doing that because Trump will talk for hours on end about whatever they ask. Trump is, in fact, the most transparent American president in our lifetime. Okay, it's not good enough anymore to believe that he's not and that he's hiding everything and that there's this massive thing that he's involved with going on behind the scenes. He tells us everything. Nevada quietly overturned their ban of hydroxychloroquine. Why would they do that? Everyone knows that hydroxychloroquine doesn't help, right? That's what Anthony Fauci said. That's what CNN said. That's what all the news said. That's what actors said. That's what other dumb people on Instagram said. Why would they reopen the use of it without announcing it? Well, because they don't want you to know that they ever banned it in the first place, because then you might have to have the thought that all the anti-hydroxychloroquine nonsense actually cost people their lives. And of course it did. Absolutely ridiculous that we have all these people pushing masks while there is absolutely no proof in the world that masks do anything to stop the spread of coronavirus. And you can look at any metric. Aside from the fact that they know cloth masks don't do anything against viral spread and have forever till May 2020. And not one of these studies in the meantime that says the science agrees actually has the science agreeing. God, this shit is so frustrating. Jessica Chastain, talented actress, utter moron, declares on Twitter that her, her child knows all about RBG. Congratulations. That's weird, though. That the same parents who think that children should live to the ripe old age of however old they want before choosing a gender, but that they should be indoctrinated into political nonsense at age two. Yes, smart people we're dealing with. 
very smart people. Your child will surely be better off agreeing for his or her whole life or your or their or them's life that Ruth Bader Ginsburg is the ultimate American savior. She's not. But leaving an open question as to whether or not they're a boy or girl, whether or not they have a man's penis or a woman's penis or vagina. That's how to healthfully raise kids. That's what the smart people do. I mean, look at Jessica Chastain. She played a CIA agent and killed Osama bin Laden. And now she teaches her child about Ruth Bader Ginsburg and will let them decide their own gender someday. That's what smart people do. And you can tell she's smart because she was a CIA agent. And listen, I don't care about picking on Jessica Chastain. I actually think Jessica Chastain is a talented actress and quite beautiful. And she might have other lovely personal qualities. Political intelligence isn't one of them. Okay, that's it. And I'm not saying she has to shut up. I would like her to know what she's talking about before she speaks. Everybody talks about using your public voice. No one discusses the responsibility you have when you have a public voice. The only time it's talked about is when it's on the left and they are trying to shut out other voices because they don't want dissension in their ranks, which is why it's so threatening when celebrities come forward as not agreeing with them. It's really bad, guys. You don't have to respect these people. Okay. Fame is not the purpose of the country. Fame is something that sociopaths seek. Okay. It is nice to be recognized for your work. It is nice to make money for something you love doing. It is not nice to want to become famous thinking that the rest of life will just be okay as soon as that happens. And that is a societal disease that America is inflicted with and that most people in Hollywood are inflicted with. And certainly everyone who chooses to use their fame to become an Instagram political icon. Christ, it's crazy. And I'm writing about this in the next thing, so I don't want to totally go deep into it right now. But the complaint from these people about how Donald Trump is a reality star is the most vacuous nonsense I've ever heard. They are reality stars. Okay? They achieved a public voice. Most of them who do this are not prominent or working, although there are some. But our most famous celebrities do not talk about politics. And so what we have is these people using their cult of personality to air their own reality show on social media. And that is what they're constantly doing. They believe that portraying themselves as people who have thoughtful political ideas is part of a good personal brand. Okay. They believe that that helps them connect with people and that they're showing who they really are. Again, 
These are sociopathic tendencies. Okay. They give more weight to the opinion of strangers who agree with them than they do to people in their own personal lives who disagree with them. And why do they do that? Because their life is a climb up a social status ladder and everything and everyone are disposable in that conquest. They will take over each step and leave behind the people who didn't help them reach the step. Okay. And I'm not saying that these are the haters. I'm saying they are literally removing people from their lives who disagree with them and will constantly accept and cherish the validation from strangers so that they can view and have other people view their completely self-centered rise as morally good. Anyway, so there's so much going on every day now. Uh, I will be back tomorrow. Same reasonable time, same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Listen to more Hopes Fall. Goodbye. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and give it a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts so new listeners can take your word for it. You can follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at I'm Your Moderator. If you have feedback, you can email heymoderator at I'mYourModerator.com or use the hashtag HeyModerator on Twitter. If you'd like to support the show, search Be Reasonable on Patreon, where I'll have additional daily-ish segments in a special podcast feed of the show, as well as my writing and audio readings of those articles. You can also go to anchor.fm slash be reasonable and become a supporter there. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Be reasonable. as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble, and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'mYourModerator.Substack.com. The merch site is CancelCouture.com or go direct Shop.Spreadshirt.com slash Cancel-Couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to KO-FI.com slash I'mYourModerator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range.